0: O'Chelly Effect is sponsored by WallStreetWindow.com and listeners like you.
1: And now, now, the most most underrated voice in all all media, Chuck Ocelli. August 4,
2: 2023, allegedly, according to that thing we call a calendar. This is the Ocelli Effect, and I am the host uh, that the show is named after, not because I got an ego, but because I just couldn't come up with another name that was original, and I figured nobody would steal the name Ocelli. Anyways, here we are. It's the effect. It's Friday night. It is the open mic time, so that means you can join me and my co-host, B Pete, who I uh, uh, said a few things about on Facebook. Facebook this week. I don't often comment on Facebook at all, but I did throw out a little hint, a teaser about the upcoming trip to Dallas and uh, who would be the guy I'm taking the road trip with. My co-host tonight, B.P. who we're going to get to in just a moment. But first, the obligatory letting you know how you can join us tonight. We can hear from you if you dial 319-527-5016. That's 319-527-5016. You can join us live either that way or by the convention known as Skype. And you do that by messaging me Charles.Ocelli on Skype Even if you're not on my friends list, I'll put you on it, just so you can get in on the show. Uh, Might not keep you on my friend list, but I will let you join it. (laughs) And uh, I'm Charles Dot Ocelli. That is my ID on there. And I think when you find me, it says I'm the host of the Ocelli Effect or some such nonsense. But either way, I've got lots of mo nonsense to give you tonight because I got a few things that we need to discuss, and we may have a special guest in hour two. Despite the fact that we started about twenty one minutes. after the hour of 8 p.m. in the eastern time zone of what we used to call America. Indeed, if you're hearing us live, we started late. If you're hearing the podcast, you don't give a damn because it doesn't matter. You can jump around, skip around, and, uh, you know, whatever time of day it is for you, it is. So there you go. Already got one caller on the line. Already got maybe two uh, waiting to come on via Skype. And, uh, again, you can join us all through those ways of joining us. By dialing 319-527-5016 or charles.ocelli on Skype, send me a message. I will call you into the show. So we're going to cover some news, that's for sure. I've got a couple stories. I slid over to BP in chat, the private chat, that is. Although we do have a live chat at ocelli.com in the Listen Live page stuff you'll find a little chat box there which you can use at any time or go to even if you're listening to the podcast you could roll back the chat and see what was happening in the chat room at the time that i'm mentioning things especially if you line it up i know that's a lot of work chuck who gives a shit anyways (laughs) here we are friday night my co-host b pete how you doing before we get to the calls brother what's going on your neck of the woods of where you happen to be
3: well, um, we've been um, deluged with rain all day, so it was a, a short day at work, which made it nice. I was able to get home, get some stuff done. But other than that, because of the rain, my sinuses have gone berserk. So if I sound like I can't breathe, it's because I can't breathe. Uh, but other than that, everything is going fine. Um, looking are you, forward to a,
2: yeah. Are you having any <laughs> trouble breathing? Are you having trouble huh? breathing at all?
3: No, my sinuses—they just thought they've gone haywire. Every time we get one of these storms, these fronts moving through, mm. my sinuses go nuts. I just get all plugged up and sneezing and hacking, and it's a mess.
2: I got you. But, well, you know, I got. We always, we always get a new, we always get a weather report from you. So, uh, and and that's just coincidental. We don't intentionally try to do it. We should come up with a little jingle. beep, Pete's weather. Dun, dun 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 dun. Something. Um.
3: You know, you know. I think about it, but so much of my daily life is affected by the weather and what I do. So, because we have certain precautions and stuff we have to take for rain events, right? And you know, it's like inspections. I'm required to do inspections after a certain amount of rain fall. Mm -hmm. So one week we ended up doing an inspection every day on 20 miles of highway because we got a certain amount of rain. So it, it. can get tedious but you know other than that if you stay in the house all the time i guess the weather doesn't matter but i like being outside and working outside so yes it's a weather is important
2: I got you. Well, look, I do go outside on occasion and uh, I gotta tell you I'm not sure if you got the same storms that were uh, crippling me yesterday because they prevented me from posting a whole lot of stuff that I needed to get up there. I mean I'm way behind on the website. I've got a couple of uh, pods waiting in the queue say to get out on the regular feed. Uh, Lots of material going to come out this weekend on Ocelli.com and through the pod catcher of your choice uh, out there because I've got a Got a lot of stuff that I got to put out, including uh, one Ocelli in the Greek episode, which I did finally get up before airtime. But I was working hard on uh, Chris Graves show uh, previous to his show going live, which we went, you know, 45 minutes late to his live show because unfortunately it takes it takes me uh, more than an hour to edit a half hour's worth of audio uh, and I had a whole bunch of little clips and things, we did a little tribute to uh, Lane Staley of Allison Chains great band, great singer sorely missed for sure and I had a little personal contact with him so I added a little bit of an anecdote in there uh, we don't need to discuss any of that but you guys will be able to catch the uh, the Graves show there, Get Mad with Chris Graves, a little later this weekend when I put out that podcast which uh, I drove myself a little crazy getting ready for and then it actually ate into this show a little uh so it is what it is and uh hopefully you guys are happy with it because i know chris's heart was certainly in it and uh that's the best kind of thing that we can ever put out is something where his heart's in it and i know it's not conspiracy and it's not new news but uh it's important to chris so it should be important to you as his listeners hopefully you're enjoying that anyways all that aside b pete uh yeah this is where we're at and then uh i suddenly cut myself somehow just before airtime here today going to this show uh so it took me a few minutes to mop up some blood (laughs) okay um these are real events folks uh happening uh, as i speak um so where should we go do you have some news items you want to cover or should we get straight to the callers uh what do you want to do well, I mean, yeah, we
3: had some news this week. What Trump got indicted again? A
2: couple and, times, uh,
3: right? <laughs> his comments in the public. Well, if I get another, then I'm guaranteed to win. So, brick it on.
2: Yeah, um, he's agreeing yeah, with is what. It, yeah, it he's done. he's absolutely uh, publicly agreeing with my analysis, B. right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that he's right or I'm right, but isn't it? It's almost strange that me and Trump are absolutely agreeing on something. This is helping well, his process. You know, it is helping him.
3: Plain and simple, it helps him. It helps him raise funds and uh, helps his support. I mean, it, it comes down to one thing. As bad as the Democrats hate Trump and don't want him elected, that just makes his base that much more frenzied to make sure he gets reelected or elected a second time. Yeah, so it's it's fun watching the back and forth.
2: Well, the fun part for me is is that like uh, every single push where it's like, oh look, he's in trouble now. He's sitting there going, well, that's you know, cha-ching. Let's hit the register. We're getting more money for sure, and he knows damn well that because people are so dissatisfied. Here's the funny part: in in you know normal times in the past, you, you might have been dissuaded from voting for somebody who's like under indictment. Didn't he get indicted twice this week? Just this week or or maybe on the matching thing? No,
3: No, there's another one that's coming in D.C. Ah, over January 6th, but it didn't happen this week.
2: Oh, I'm sorry.
3: But it did get his third this week.
2: Yeah, but you can see the TV uh, outlets amping up and getting ready and now doing specials and overlapping their already canned documentaries with live discussion of the January 6th thing as it happens and indictments as they're happening. Sorry, go ahead.
3: It's strange, you know. All the pundits come on and they give their opinion of this and their opinion of that, and how it's just so terrible for Trump and Jack Smith's this golden goose that's going to lay this egg that's going to get rid of Trump, and you know, not even realizing just how screwed up his trials have been in the past and all the damn appeals that have gone against him over the years. But anyway, um, it, it, it's almost comical, you know, because. They're feeding on this Trump thing. they're giving him all the press that right I mean, he gets so much press from them. you know, imagine what he'd be spending in his his campaign if he had to buy the time that he's getting on CNN and MSNBC and all the rest of them.
2: Well, this you know, in my opinion, is pers- the, yeah,
3: the almost one could you call it an in-kind contribution? all of the airtime that they're giving him? You know, you have limits on things like that.
2: Well, here's here's what turned a significant portion of my audience against me. Okay, I mean, you weren't with me as a as a co-host at the time that this happened, BP, but I assure you. I had a significant, uh, many, many listeners that were suddenly Trump supporters, okay, uh, during 2015, and I had a a high level of individuals, I would say uh, a good, easily 30 to 40% of my audience, around the percentage of what you have in America, okay, that is supposedly his most diehard supporters, Um. You know, that 30, 40 percent somewhere in that neighborhood turned against me harshly uh, because I was not on board. Um, And the funny part is that I observed at that time and continue to observe and stand by the fact that this guy is not being worked against by the press legitimately, it is a sucker game. It's a sucker punch. It is, you know what, your guard's down, so we're going to hit you, and here's what it is. They are responsible for making sure that you can't have a discussion without the guy. They're putting him out there so much. He can, he makes so much of their content a reality, and the they I'm talking about is all of the corporate media and I do mean that Fox benefits just as much as CNN benefits just as much as Rachel Maddow benefits just as much as well you know Bill O'Reilly not doing as well
3: yeah across the board you know it's funny though I have looked at the the legalistic discussion Mm -hmm. on these indictments and a lot of the lawyers that I have read that have looked at this stuff say that They'll be surprised if this doesn't get for this latest one just doesn't get flat thrown out of court it's so ridiculous on its face
2: well that's the other funny part of the game is that the side that allegedly wants to uh, you know uh, Uncle freaked out on Jimmy James last week and was uh, yelling about I, I, I stepped away from the computer and uh, you know because I produced that show and I listen the whole time I step away Uncle's having his usual fun discussion Jimmy James and him all of a sudden got into it about Trump and <clears throat> I wasn't listening at the time I went away from the screen I come back I slide my headphones on and I'm hearing uncle of all people yelling about hang this guy high like literally string him up. Uh, and I'm going. Whoa! What happened? What, what, who you know? Who has inspired this hostility from Uncle? You know, I mean, I don't know if you've listened to the Uncle show too much, but he's not usually yeah. a hostile guy. He wants to be funny. He wants to talk to the ladies. He loves to talk to kids. He wants to keep his language clean on his show. He wants to be a good guy. He's not out there going, "Yeah, screw him. Let's get him." That's not him. He's not hostile. But he was hostile about Trump. Now. They've inspired that in people across the board, sure, true, and there are people that truly believe that and really think, oh, he's significantly, he's like the root of all evil. And the people that think that, the funny part is they're literally playing right in his hands and giving him exactly what he needs by making sure he's got a twenty-four-seven PR machine, okay, that never stops talking about him. That never stops examining what's next. And even the people that are legitimately, allegedly in the legal arena. That are supposed to be going after him and everything else. What is one of the best ways to prove that your so-called enemy is super powerful? Give him... Easy opponents and easy obstacles. You know, what do you do to a heavyweight champion who you know got lucky and ended up with the belt? You give him a bunch of tomato cans to fight. You give him a bunch of easy wins so that now he's been undefeated in the past 10 fights. Well, if you do that to Trump and you throw bad legal cases at him, that his lawyers can dispose of, whether he did anything right or wrong is irrelevant. But if you give him easily defeatable, easily beaten obstacles and problems to solve for his lawyers, and then he beats them all, he now has the benefit of all that coverage during the event, during the lead-up, during the aftermath, during the statements, during the courtroom drama. And not only does he have all that, But now he's got a, see, they can't get me. I'm surviving. You know why? Because I'm right. So when they come after him, he gets to say, look, I'm being persecuted. They're coming after me because they want to go after you because we think the same. We're the same. And then when he beats him, he says, see, I beat him again. And even if he loses some ground here or there, you know, his business got banned, He, he he's supposed to have to pay a fine, which he'll never pay, etc., all that. Then he says, well, that was just nothing more than a political attack on me. It was motivated surely, sheerly, completely, absolutely by nothing more than politics and there are people that see it and absolutely agree with him. So he's win-win. If you don't believe him, he's still the villain. Whether he was actually prosecuted or punished in any way, shape, or form is irrelevant. He's the villain to the people he needs to be the villain to. He's the hero to the people he needs to be the hero to. He gets to claim either he's under attack unfairly or I beat him again because they're wrong. Every single outcome and every single incidence here is a win for him, so long as he doesn't actually go to prison, and I don't see him going to prison, especially when they don't actually go after him for the core things that you could say are provable easily. Let's give him a bunch of crap that they'll throw out, and then he gets to declare a win, and all along the way. What has he done? Given a gift, because it's not just the gift to him of all the promotion and all the attention and all the headlines, but it's a gift he gives back. And you know how he gives it back? Because people keep tuning in and keep raising the revenue rate and keep raising the ratings because that's what happened in 2015 exactly. These cable channels, these news networks, these publications of all sorts were struggling to find a way forward. They weren't making enough money. They were still doing okay. But they weren't making enough money to, say, pay a big salary to somebody else, to bring on and actually pay expenses. They cut their expenses down by creating the Brady Bunch argument show. And what I mean by that, split screens with a bunch of people looking down and looking around at the boxes that they're in on your screen. Even though it's all, you know, just a digital effect. And then what do we do? Hey, let's throw Trump's name on the table. Here's the Trump defender. Now everybody get mad at him. All right, now all those people that are mad, say what you got to say. Oh, you got to let the Trump defender speak. Hey, we didn't let the Trump defender speak. We suppressed him because that's what they do to conservatives. Rinse, repeat. All day, all night, whether it's Don Lemon or the new chick they hired or it's, you know, the person who used to be an intern or Abby Phillips who is this chocolatey skinned, very, very interesting looking black lady. It doesn't matter who the star is of the show because the real star is Donald Trump. He's given them the gift. Of a reusable resource, of a constantly replenishing resource, because every time he opens his mouth, tweets, holds a rally, anything else, they have brand new content. They didn't have to hire actors. They don't need a lot of producers. They don't need very many experts. They they keep hiring all these, you know, senior uh, political correspondents, senior travel correspondent, senior dog, you know, because Biden's dog bit somebody again or some crap needs to be chained. I don't know if you caught that headline. I think that was in the past week. Anyway, hey, here's the latest dog trainer in the issue. What happened with the other dogs? Remember when the other presidents had pets? Plenty of fluff, fodder and garbage, plus brand new content being generated by the walking content generator that is Donald Trump, which he gifts to all of the corporate media. All at once doesn't matter. Pick a flavor, because the Baskin Robbins of outrage is here to serve whatever audience you want to dish it out to. So I'm done now, BP.
3: Well, you not only have that, you have the uh, the corporate media that, for the most part, they cover Trump because they don't want to cover Biden. Look at some of the things that have come out in the past couple of weeks about some of these transactions that took place while he was vice president. Yeah. And now, I mean, they're not even curious enough to, to even ask the question what was going on here. All we hear is, oh, all this stuff was debunked a long time ago. Well, it was pre-bunked, but it wasn't debunked. And now they're just – you know, going well, by the playbook. Well, I, here's, news, we
2: did, that's, I got you. But here's the problem. Here's the provable problem with that theorem you just advanced. It, it, it doesn't really matter that much. I'll tell you why you put Biden out there. Even if you got the biggest scandal in the world, if somebody said that Biden was eating a live puppy on TV and somebody had to hold it down for him, I'm telling you, nobody would tune in to see it. This uh, News Nation, all right, uh, you know, because we also had people in Congress saying publicly that we're not alone. There's aliens out there. The government actually has alien bodies. The government has alien vehicles. They're trying to reverse engineer. This is not from the kooky guy who wrote a pamphlet 20 years ago. This is a guy who worked in the government, was part of the task force on UAPs, sitting there in Congress, not presenting evidence, but making the statements. That this is just a matter of fact. And you know what? News Nation did four or six straight hours coverage of the hearings, the aftermath. And you know what? They ran out of material quick. First of all, no aftermath, no reaction, no coverage. People are not tuning in for it. And they don't care. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised
3: there was no coverage from any of the... um I mean, I don't know if C-SPAN or anybody like that carried it at C-SPAN? 2 o'clock in the morning.
2: Yes, C-SPAN but, had it. Wait, wait, whoa, wait. Whoa. C-SPAN had See, I tracked yeah. this. C-SPAN had it. CNN gave it the five-minute top or bottom of the hour treatment during the morning wake-up or the pre-morning wake-up. Everybody dropped it for about five minutes, even the Today Show, I think. And that was it. People, it didn't start a swirl on, on social media. It didn't get people talking. People didn't tune in. Oh, let me go check out the long. They had live specials on this for six, seven hours. You could get News Nation on the Internet. You can get it on a digital signal. It's a channel trying to establish itself in a unique, uh, you know, a unique corridor of the information media sphere. And you know what? Nobody cares. So it's there. It's available. The statements are made. The Guardian writes an article. A couple other places do. But it goes nowhere. That's it. And it doesn't matter if it's that or the very other strange things that have occurred this week. Uh, Certain people have, you know, there's been some uh, uh, firing going on and some issues in Ukraine, which I barely want to touch at all. Because I got, you know, I I got a very hostile letter from our friend Amir again about how I'm a a moron and an idiot and a jerk and everything else because I said that uh, there is. a proxy warfare situation here where Ukraine is being used to, uh, to, to menace and engage with the Russians by the West. I said that and Amir gave me all kinds of crap. We're not surrogates. Hey, we didn't do this unprovoked, blah, blah, blah. He gave me a whole tirade and I'm just trying to say to him, I believe the U.S. has and continues to use Ukraine as a weapon. And I think they've done that for a while, and this is a little more complex. And, oh, by the way, Amir, take a look at the polls in America, which I do believe this poll that's starting to show, guess what? Support for even continuing to fund this is waning in the general population. And if the GOP uh, takes more power and, you know, doesn't spend all its time complaining about social media, but actually goes after what's going on with funding, I do believe they might cut this off. Trump said it. Others have said, you know what, I'm not for funding the uh, Ukrainian. You might see the U.S. back out if Trump comes in, others come in. I'm trying to throw those things at him, and he don't care. I'm just a P.O.S. because I'm, I'm sounding like my, my moron friends who I associate with, etc. And uh, it made me feel really bad because I'm on his side, and he's attacking me. Uh and and that's not a popular position either. I paid for that significantly. But I'm a jerk off. Okay, fine. Anyway, I'm done talking to Pete. I want to shut up now because I want to give everybody a chance to give their words of wisdom, which, by the way, you might hear from Harlan's words of wisdom occasionally on our stream now because uh, somebody isolated them, Nature Boy did for me, isolated a couple of clips of Harlan speaking on another show that we've now turned into words of wisdom. From Harlan, which we might run as a regular segment on our twenty four seven radio station, because I'm accepting clips of things like that. You got words of wisdom, you got a song, you got a podcast ad. Send me your audio MP3s. Blind JFK researcher at gmail dot com is the email address send me your mp3s anything that you think is an idea that the world needs to hear i will put it on our 24 7 radio station guaranteed it'll be in rotation for the next little while i'm going to rotate as much of that stuff in from now all the way till we go to dallas and around september 11th you're going to start to hear some people that with all good luck will be paying to have inserts into that stream but for now i'm offering for free You can put an ad for your podcast. You can put a portion, a snippet of your podcast, something you recorded on your phone that's a word of wisdom. Read an article you wrote into a microphone. Send me the MP3. I'll play it. That simple. I'll give it to the audience. There are thousands of people who hear our radio station all over the world, not all at once, but all the time. I assure you, 24-7, people are listening. Send it to me. I will put your thoughts, your good ideas, your music, your podcast snips, anything under 10 minutes that isn't, you know, completely ridiculous, even if it's a comedy bit, I will take your audio MP3 and put it straight into the ear holes of those who have tuned into Ocelli.com radio. I can't offer any more of a platform than that for audio stuff for you guys, podcaster or not, musician or not, you got it, send it to me, we'll get it done. Anyway, I'm done talking about that. I'm done talking about everything. I want to shut up and hear from you guys. So, BP, should we get to the caller, or do you want to wrap some more bows around this particular present that I think we've landed uh, for them so far?
3: Um, No, we can uh, go ahead and bring the callers in.
2: Okay, and I promise. I know I often threaten to shut up and then don't. I promise you, I need to shut up now. So I'm going to. And with that, let's see who is first. We have three callers waiting on the phone line and possibly two to three on the Skype and a possible special one joining us in about 20 minutes. So. Let's get to them and see if we can get to everybody and let their voices be heard live. 319-527-5016 is the number to call. And if that is not good enough for you and you uh, need to reach us because you're somewhere else in the world, don't want to pay a toll call, no problem. Friend me on Skype, Charles.Ocelli, and I will call you into the show if you ask me to. So Charles.Ocelli on Skype or 319-527-5016. From any kind of phone, you should be able to reach us. First caller up. I do believe it is the man with words of wisdom, Harlan. Harlan. Okay. Hopefully you heard me there, and you're off mute. Uh, gave me a little stubborn thing there, but Harlan, how you doing tonight, brother? You're the first one who called in, so you're the first one on.
4: Step back, non-believer. Orange Jesus gonna save us all. <laughs>
2: Excuse me. <laughs> okay, I um, <clears throat> I had to laugh, and I started to choke. Um, sorry, Harlan, could you do me a big, big, huge, solid favor? I want to quietly sit back. I want to quietly sit back, and uh, you can say anything you want after this, but I want you to give me your best Baptist preacher. Okay, Orange Jesus. I want you to give it to me so we can keep it for posterity, and I, and with your permission, I will use it as a sound effect.
4: Please, sir. Orange Jesus needs your help, ladies and gentlemen. Can you reach down in your pocket and send him some money? He needs your help. If you ain't got it, go buy it. If you ain't, can't, or don't want to go buy it, Go steal it, but send it to this man, because he's going to save America. Or is Jesus going to save us all? Vote Trump 2024. There
1: you have it. There you have it.
4: Beautiful.
2: Okay, now now that we've done the jokes, and I love it, I want, Nature Boy, if you are listening to the show live, you just heard the clip that I want you to extract. Thank you so much, Harlan. And we're going to mix it with some other stuff and by the way you want to make a political statement send it to me if it's not in my opinion uh you know look you're not going to make death threats not you harlan i'm just saying to anybody in general you're not going to make death threats you're not going to make allegations that can't be proven that i can get sued over but you want to make a political statement record it less than 10 minutes matter of fact political statements you should keep real short about as short as Harlan just did his joke. Okay, it's a beautiful thing. Send it to me. I will. I, I, if I get enough of them, I'll put them on dueling each other. Okay, during a show, during a live stream somewhere, or maybe in rotation. People hear it several times a day. We'll switch opponents. We'll make it like the uh, the Friday night video fights they used to have on MTV. How about that? Political statement versus political statement. Here is somebody claiming that RFK Junior. is a Nazi. Boom. And they believe they have the evidence to back it up. And of course, it's, you know, all of these things are not the opinion of Bocelli.com. And we'll have to do that. But we could maybe do that if you guys send me enough of them. So get them in blindjfkresearcher at gmail.com. And this is me shutting up. BP, take over talking to Harlan for me, please.
3: Well, Harlan, uh, what, you, uh, what have you picked up in the news this week that uh, piques your interests?
4: Well, first off, I want to say that you know I'm not a Baptist preacher, even though that uh, I can still preach in a Baptist church, even though I've lived in sin, you know, a few times, but I've never been married. But uh, you know, just a little comedy. Though. I got. As far you. as really the only thing that one thing that I'm sure that some people's probably heard about this week is a 99 year old trucking company went out of business. Mm. Uh, Caught Yes. You guys may have yes. heard of this this of week. Some people we had a lot of have probably seen it. Well,
2: Okay, hang on a second. Hang on a second. You you guys, yeah, you guys, you guys, hold on. You guys are over top of each other. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was a weird little thing. I don't know if you guys are hearing each other in real time, but uh, but let's let uh, Harlan start again. Uh, Apologies, by the way. Of course, look, I can preach too. I'm I'm an ordained minister in in, uh, multiple faiths, but I don't. I am not a Baptist, and I'm not claiming that Harlan is any Baptist or anything like that. If somebody's offended. I'm just saying in that style I asked him to do this for the sake of comedy and that's what it was so please uh, Harlan if you wouldn't mind start again so that we can get clear on it and BP be if we're having a timing issue I'll see if I can do something about it but if not let's let's just try not to trip over each other because the Skype sucks when we when we do that uh, for broadcast uh, which I, I, I really would love to upgrade to something where we can speak over each other but then again that might make a new mess for us so sorry Harlan why don't you start again and let's uh, Let's try and get through what you want to say because we got other callers waiting too. So go
4: ahead. Yeah, I need to kind of. I stopped here to grab me a bite to eat. This has been, you know, kind of a rough day on the 18 wheel plantation. The hailstorm last night messed up half my load and I got to go back and get it. But oh, I'm correct. parked right now, so I think I'll try to go ahead and get this out.
2: Yeah, because by profession, but you're anything. a truck driver, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well what's left of one, yeah. you know, allegedly. I hear you. Uh, go, go ahead. But anyway, on the YRC deal. yeah. You know, some people's heard, you know, what's difference, you know, uh YRC means yellow roadway corporation. And I've saw a lot of different people in the comments. I've had people, you know, sending me stuff on Facebook that has no idea, you know, that I'm actually a truck driver than any almost <laughs> like 24 years and then i'm hearing this oh it was mismanagement i actually have heard that more than i have that it was the union's fault but one thing that i'd like to give my opinion. <clears throat> excuse yalla has been in trouble for several years now uh, this ain't a secret. I knew knew this to start with. I knew it ten or twelve years ago. They bowed out roadway.
2: I can mute uh, myself on the call and not be heard by the people on the call. Trucking
4: companies. I'm pretty you sure I would hear me they, on
2: air that they did if I want.
4: Several years but ago, but that's just me. And they was just in debt, you know, like 1.5 billion. Seven hundred and thirty of that was COVID loans that they had paid $66 million back, I'm assuming, here in the last two or three years. And I've not heard anything like how much uh, basically forgiven loans or forgiven money or free money. I mean, I would think if there had been smaller truck- trucking companies and smaller businesses that's had all these uh, PPE loans and the different you know, COVID loans forgiven, I'm, I assume that they did too. But basically, from what I gather, you know, it seemed like to me the Wolf just finally got to the door. There wasn't no way for them to pay this stuff, and they was negotiating with the union. And the union is going, the Teamsters union, has been going back and forth on UPS, and that's the same union that Yala had. and You know, it's my opinion and what I've gathered since that, you know, they're saying that, they um were the union wasn't really, you know, wanting to come to the table. I think they just used this as, you know, a good exit strategy to kind of dump it on them a little bit and face reality too. You know, Can I ask a question? These Harley? problems have been going on for years.
2: Yeah. Can I ask you a question about this specifically? Because uh, just a quick question occurs to me. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is part of the headline news. The UPS strike uh, seemed to be a big deal in the headlines and now it's sort of fallen back a bit unless you're somebody who's focused on it because it affects you directly. Uh, You know, and I'm not saying you, Harlan, but I'm just saying generally this is how people act with these kind of stories. What's weird to me is nobody is really talking about the fact that there have been a variety of outcomes for these P.P.E. loans that, uh, again, seem to show us we have a parallel, you know, uh, uh, sort of system where it may work one way for certain size companies, it works another way for other size companies, but either way, this may just be a tactical move by a larger company to deal with a union that does have a significant workforce that is affecting commerce very directly. Is is this just a strategic move, in your opinion, uh, from what you see? Or is there some legitimacy that, well, this company was probably in trouble for a long time because they had some outdated and outmoded ways of doing things, and it finally caught up to them? or? Do you think we're looking at, yet again, another sort of corporate excuse to say, hey, guess what? We don't got to pay people, so we're going to make the excuse that we're broke, reorganize, come back. I mean, none of the big high-paid people will lose jobs. But, you know, screw all you little guys because we'll just clear you out for some newer, cheaper labor that will do the job or maybe some automation, too. We'll mix it all up. And uh, you can all come back and beg for these jobs if you like. Uh, Maybe we'll cut your pay a little. I mean, is it a strategic move or is it a legitimate thing where pressure and economics have actually knocked somebody out? What do you think?
4: Well, let me kind of go down a list of stuff here, you know, uh, after I answer your direct question that, that I think that may add to this. What you just said, I have thought about that. Uh, Hostess, The company that made Twinkies, they shut down some years ago, stayed shut down for a little while because of the union, and they came back. But I, this is my opinion. I think, you know, there's a lot of factors. Uh, I do believe that, you know, they've kind of limped on for a while, folks. I can tell you, me personally, first of all, the kind of trucking that, you know, Yala does and what most truck drivers do are two totally different things. It's, it just is. Not to get off into, you know, I mean, I'd be here 30 minutes explaining that. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of small, not like partials. Like when I say, you know, partial, more like, like mail, like most people thinks that only FedEx and UPS does. Even though FedEx does some of the same stuff that Yala does, Old Dominion does. And there's some regional carriers, mm-hmm. you know, like shipping transmissions. You know, from, you know, O'Chelly's, you know, transmission manufacturing company or, you know, something like that. You know, bigger stuff than what a lot of UPS, you know, really can handle, even though UPS has got a freight division now. But most people that's listening to this, they're thinking UPS, they're thinking box of stuff. But most people listening are not thinking a half a pallet or a pallet of stuff. They call this ltl this truckload. And from what that I get, GALA had been cutting a lot of rates and, you know, doing a lot of stuff, pickup, delivery, and not even taking it back to the terminal to be able to, you know, generate revenue, which, you know, you can hear anything. But the moral of the story is, you know, I think myself, they was, you know, a lot of stuff went into this. Uh, I'm kind of out of the LTL loop and have been in a while. I don't know what, you know, that they would be making. I would be assuming it would still be a lot more than, you know, the average truck driver. But I do think, in my opinion, that, you know, it ain't all just the usual corporate scam, you know, that, I, that I'll that i call out, point out, you know, all together. I just think it was just different things. They had too much on them. A lot of people saying that, you know, they had a lot of duplicate terminals in the same areas from when they bought out some of these other companies. I've heard that a lot. But, you know, I think it just comes to the point they could not get their debt-free uh, refinance. And I heard that from a guy uh, on a video I watched that uh, was pretty uh, – he was there, the, the main guy or the editor of Transport Topics that, you know, like a leading – industry news website used to be, you know, mainly a newspaper, but they're mostly on the internet like most other people now. Mm -hmm. But a lot of this stuff, it just came down to the credit runouts. It, It is no different if it's Yala or if it's a single truck or if it's a, you know, barber shop, beauty salon. When the revenue ain't coming in and all the loans and the credit and the bumming and whatever else, well, you know, it usually, you know, things come crashing down, regardless of what it is. This is just on a massive scale. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that some of the, you know, union stuff didn't affect it. I've got mixed, you know, feelings on unions myself. Uh, it always seemed like the people that needed it couldn't get one, and the people that had it abused it, you know, to death. But um, to the point that you were saying about these loans, from what that I've seen, and I think that's where you've got a lot of these, you know, especially these uh, super, you know, small-time business people, you know, the ones that thinks because they've got some little chicken shit business that, like, they're above, you know, everything. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could have somebody down here that, you know, got a sandwich shop, and you you would think that, you know, there was Warren Buffett, you know, because they've got four or five wage slaves in here that, you know, half of them has got felonies and, you know, snot hanging out of their nose and 63 tattoos, you know, above their eyebrow, that, you know, you, you would think that they had invented Kentucky Fried Chicken because they went and got a franchise. I'm just using that for example, because we all know there's people out there like it. Okay. But, I think outside the the fraudsters that they ran down. I do think a lot of this uh, these loans that come out of COVID was people that was taking advantage of them. I think a lot of them took advantage of them legally. You know, I think the ones that have not been run down. But you know, a lot of this stuff is you know they qualified you know for it. They got the loans, some got them forgiven, you know, some of them ain't. I've seen a few drivers just let it slip here in the last few months. That They got loans for a hundred grand that mm-hmm. they turned around mm-hmm. and went and put money down and bought a couple other trucks. But I can tell you for a fact, freight volumes is down, mm-hmm. has been down for a year, and and like in trucking, unlike, you know, the houses that really came to bear the housing market with the wow. overinflated, you know, can you know and all this housing crisis. Right. It's already started in the trucks the last five or six months to work. I'll give you an example. And I think it's, you know, a lot of people will be able to see what I'm saying. Like all these eighty and $100,000 houses in a lot of places, you know, in rural America, you know, Stuff that's outside of the, the Northeast and mm-hmm. you know these big markets stuff that's been selling for two fifty to three fifty in the last few years. Well, see, it kind of come up in trucking a few years ago to where all of a sudden one hundred fifty to one hundred seventy thousand dollar trucks is two twenty five, two forty, two fifty. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't matter what kind of credit you had or nothing else. They was basically wanting. Sixty-five or $70,000 down. Mm. The price jack, as I call it. You know, all the money where it had been jacked up. Mm. Well, you know, a lot of this break was going for, you know, big prices there for a little while. And, well, after that money started running out, here, you know, people went to losing trucks, turning them back in, so forth and so on. So they've been somewhat of like a mini two thousand and eight you know, in the trucking industry the last five or six months. I mean, it's it's still not, you know, bled like a stuck hog, if you will, like that, you know, that most people would think that it would be. But when, you know, rates keep crashing and people don't have the money to back it up and weather the storm, you know, a lot of people just, you know,
2: Hands. Well, look. In the interest of time, Marlin, because I mean, we could spend all night breaking this down piece by piece, and and we're we're putting a lot of time on it as it is. It it, it feels like it is yet another case of what happens is things get artificially inflated price wise like we 've seen with the housing in the area where I live you could have gotten a house not too long ago for twenty or thirty thousand dollars I know I live in a cheap area because you know it's not the uh, prized place to move to all right but you could have gotten a twenty thirty dollar thirty thousand dollar house not too long ago and not a not a, not a bungalow a decent sized place you could put a family in there no problem um <clears> the <throat> Those housing prices that jacked up to something like triple value, okay, in the past couple of years, now that's not happening everywhere, but that's affecting everybody, because even the renter, you know, the guy who isn't buying a house says, well, I don't have a house. No, but you're going to pay rent, and you're going to pay somebody's mortgage, a lot of you, so it's going to have that ripple effect across everything. Now, when that goes on, and the house rates go up, and people are making money, and they're flipping their houses, that's all fine and dandy until... The economic pullback, which we're seeing right now, everybody's hurting, you know, Bidenomics, okay, nonsense. Uh, Whoever invented that should be smacked upside their head because, first of all, there's nothing that seems to be coherent that could be described as an economic plan here, one. Two, uh, everybody, I don't know anybody who's doing well. I don't see anybody on the upward trajectory, despite the fact they're telling us the economy is doing so much better. But we're we're now all paying the piper because all those jacked up prices are not sustainable when your 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 value isn't going up, your ability to make money isn't going up across the board. So it doesn't matter if it's trucking or if you're working at the Waffle House. You're being priced out of things, and therefore this is the movement that's going on. So at some point, it's got to come back to equilibrium, you hope, but I don't think we're going there. I think we're looking at the continued uh, strain and drain. What BP, what do you think before we uh, – because we got to move around to some other callers here, try and get everybody in, but what what do you think about this?
3: Well, I don't know. It, it was complicated with – with... With the trucking structure, the way it is and the way COVID hit the supply chain, I'm surprised that more trucking industries haven't, you know, uh, vocalized their problems that they're dealing with. And, you know, you have to add in the union effect on things and the added cost uh, because of the number of truckers that are unions. Um, I remember back years ago, my dad was trucking, you know, independents were going on strike because they were – not getting the money that they felt they should be getting having to compete with union companies. Mm -hmm. It's a complicated mess, you know, but it's like everything affects everything else. You know, you look at the number of people that are being affected by a company that's been around for a hundred years and a, and a leader in the industry there for a while. Yeah. You look at the effect it has on communities and it's a shame, you know, we're, we're, economically we need to get back to being able to produce in this country that's what made us that's what put us at the top of the game for so long was being able to produce and we've just outsourced everything yeah, there's it turned that. into a service and it, it's, affecting, it's affecting a lot of people's lives.
2: Well, there's that. And there might be somebody listening right now saying, why are they spending all this time on trucking? Well, here's the thing. Everything that you have in front of you that is presented to you as an item or a product has pretty much arrived on a truck. Whether it's in your grocery store or it's the actual gas you put in your car, arrives on a truck. So, whether it's coming in your mailbox or it's going in your gas tank, a truck is involved. So, the fact that That this is not a huge issue and there shouldn't be some way to protect this situation so that, you know, we're not all unduly getting taxed one way or another by this situation. And the people that are trying to make a living should be allowed to make a living somehow. You know, I know some people are very much against unions because of whatever. But the thing is, uh, there's a need to regulate this somehow so that there is some fairness here. So that it's not, you know, I don't know. It, it's just it's one of those things that is so complex. It's just one of those huge. ant And the thing is, metaphorically, this is the kind of thing that's affecting us in every sector of the economy where now there's not enough money. It, yeah, good.
3: I was going to say it is. And also you have. You have another major industry that's affecting all aspects of shipping, whether it's trucking, whether it's international shipping, whether it's airlines and the shipping that they do. um, And that is the fuel situation. Right. You know, diesel. I remember when diesel was dirt cheap. You know, now it usually averages 50 cent to a dollar above whatever the price of unleaded is in an area. And you look at these added costs. Since COVID's over, you know, prices dropped during COVID because there wasn't a need. Things had been shut down. They're trying to get back in the swing of things. We're only, what, we're in our third year out of the biggest part of COVID. I know it lingered on for another year, year and a half, but, you know, that that whole year of uh, 2020 was gone. And, you know, industries are trying to to make up for what they lost at that time from being shut down. But you look at the effects of this administration when they came in and started canceling all these projects that would have lowered the price of fuel in this country. We're relying on exports from other countries or imports into this country from other countries. And we've not been able to keep a, a cap on the number one thing that affects transportation in any Form, whether you're taking your kids to school or you're waiting on that truck to show up at the Walmart, um, we've killed ourselves in being able to help bring down costs that we can't actually bring down. We did it when Trump was in um, to the point that you know companies could, could see some profit at the end of the day. Independent truckers, um, small businesses that rely on these companies to bring their goods to them. You know, when the price goes up. You put the small guy out of business. He just can't afford it.
2: Well, Truck before
3: companies have to, char- they have
2: to charge. All right, before we and go to another caller. Out. All right, I, I don't want to keep breaking this. Down. I'm sorry. I'm trying to transition out. I, I apologize, but before we transition to another caller, because I want to get to people that are waiting. They've been. I got one guy who's been for 45 minutes. I want to get him on. Um, <clears throat> so the thing is, just I want to ask one question, to Arlen, real quick. You, you're an independent trucker, right?
4: No, not anymore. Not anymore. I've not worked for myself for probably about five years.
2: Okay. But so I
4: do want to point three quick things out. Then after that, I'll, I'll let you say whatever, and I'll go ahead and get out of the way and go back to listening. You can get to all these other folks. i so bad too much time. <laughs> Number one, the majority, and I've been at this 24 years, they've always been like a slim minority of any union company. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a you know old school scab, so to speak. Uh, there's not really that many, you know, companies that ever, you know, was union. I really don't even, I know they got truck drivers, but, you know, UPS, for the most part, you know, they don't even really consider themselves, you know, a trucking company. Uh, and the next thing, on the as far as like you was talking about your dad back in the eighties, there's a lot more unions back in, But like far as owner and operators organizing a strike, uh, thanks to flag waving, Jesus, Ronald Reagan, uh, they sign laws that you know prevents. You know, owner operators from you know organizing a strike, so to speak. They've been a lot of BS on social media the last several years. Shutdowns—that's a total show we should go through. And the third thing, as far as about this fuel goes, and you talking about well companies just charge whatever. Well, this deal on this—you know—a lot of this stuff is my free market gimmick, at narco capitalism. You know, you can tell them I'll take five grand to haul that load, you know, from basically one side of North Carolina to the other. And if it's not something special, they're going to hang up, you know, and call somebody else. It, It doesn't work that way for the most part. A lot of this stuff is stock markets, you know, a lot of heavy, you know, competition. So hit don't necessarily work that way across the board just when fuel prices go up. And I'll I'll say this right here and then I'll go ahead and end it. when these prices are going up, I've not actually went looked in the last couple of weeks because it was like fuel jumped up seventy five cents to a dollar to a lot of these larger uh, you know, truck stops, which I also won't tell you guys that when you see four twenty five when you large, you know truck like the truck stop chains, mm-hmm. everybody's not paying four twenty five because they're jacking it up to give discounts, you know, to some of the bigger companies. But that's the reason why you can see like, I'm not going to name any names, but you can see four twenty five for diesel at this place and across the road is three eighty five. But anyway, what I'm getting that, look at that barrel of, oh, what it's selling for, what it's price for, picky pulled with more effort, then look basically at what it's selling for, you know, at, you know, the gas station or the truck stop. Me personally, and, you know, I've had guys that would probably be more aligned like BP is. You know, I've heard him enough to kind of, you know, get a good idea of his way of thinking and his worldview. Toward it, they thank some of this stuff, and I've sat right there and told them, said, so, No, it ain't the way it works. You know, it's gouge every nickel, every penny, every excuse. You know, I've been through this several times in the last 24 I can remember when a truck stop in Knoxville, Tennessee, when fuel was going up to its highest 2004, it's the first time it was in big prices, that one hit was, you know, Forty nine dollars a barrel, you know, going up. It was, you know, one price. It was like, you know, a dollar sixty nine a gallon. When fuel came, you know, it went way up and it came back down. And when it hit forty nine dollars again, it was a dollar ninety nine. You know, so go figure. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And and it had lingered on. It wasn't like it hit collapse that day and you had to have time, but you know, a lot of this, and I think it's going up last year, you know, these oil companies had to pay tankers to warehouse some of this stuff during, you know, COVID. And I think a lot of it, they're just basically, you know, trying to get their money back. Now, I've not watched every little detail on what, you know, the, the, the reason, excuse, whatever you want to call it, that it's shot back up right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I lean towards, you know, my, my free markets. If they can get it, they're going to get it. We're not in a, America, it doesn't seem like, you know, no the and we ain't been in over a decade to worry that let's make more VCRs so we can sell them for $75 instead of, you know, $400. Mm-hmm. Then that where everybody, you know, can have one. And nothing is, you know, based on that. It's, you know, what you can get, how much you can get, you know, at all times, and, you know, we'll lose money for a while just as long as we can keep that price up. I'm not, you know, accusing the oil industry of that, but I kind of see a lot of that in general that I get the feeling that that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, let, me, let me give a, a just a quick response. Um, I agree with a lot of what Harlan said, but something about fuel companies, when they look at putting fuel in the pipeline and they price their fuel, it's not based on a production cost plus, plus profit. Nope. It's based on what is it going to cost me to replace what I have. It's like a commodity in that if I'm selling gold I've, or list any item, widgets, I've got to know what it's going to cost to replace my current inventory at the level that I'm at. So that's where a lot of the gouge gets into it. It's not based on the actual cost of production and delivery, it's based on the market and what it's gonna do two weeks from now when I have to replace that hundred gallons I've got in the ground,
0: well,
3: in a tank.
4: You know, and that's where the that be honest with you. I, And I'm not saying this is a smart ass column That sounds good. I'm not saying that's not a factor. But when you've got station A over here, and we're talking about diesel, I'm not saying they ain't a lot of smile stations don't jack their diesel, But when you've got brand A over here, or some people would say brand DNA, brand P, and brand L, or you know, whatever, and his 425, well, you know, uh, Super Jack's. You know, auto truck stop emporium. Just to make a name up over across the road, it's three seventy five, and it's been three seventy five for a month. That tells me there's a lot of price jack. I'm just saying, folks. I've seen enough to know that they are some of these smaller places. They get hung up, like what at BP's saying, and they get stuff in the ground where they're not moving their volume, but not for weeks not for months. You know, it's my opinion that, you know, what we can get out of it in that market, Mm -hmm. it, you know, basically is what's setting the price in a lot of cases. And then, you know, like, if anybody's been watching these vehicles the last couple years, you know, hell, they just go to doubling down. It's, well, we got short supply, it's chips, and it's this. And now that all that's worked out, well, it's still up here seventy thousand. You know, you you've got somebody that's here <sighs> sure one bit to ask you sixty to seventy thousand for a pickup that's got a two liter engine in it. If I wanted a two liter, I'd go buy a Coke. You know mm. what I mean? Give me a break. But uh Yeah. See, there he, is you know, yeah. don't know what BPC, but overall any more you know, it doesn't add up, and then that's with me taking in account the start and the finish of the ups and the downs, you know, and stuff like that. When it goes way up, you got to give it a little time for it. Even if it's going to go down in a week, you've got to give it a little while to flush through the system, you know, so to speak. And one thing, that, to BP's point, is if they're saying that everything is going to shoot through the sky, Yeah, they're going to raise their prices because they know what that next lot's going to cost them, and they don't want to, you know, back up and lose a bunch of money,
0: Mm. you know.
4: But they're never going to... You know, anymore. In my opinion, a lot of these are not going to be like. Well, I'm. You know, it's coming down. I'm going to go ahead. They're just going to ease it back As long as you know, them gallons is going through that nozzle. It's-
2: See, I, on the ground, when I worked with this business, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna bring uh, Vance on the phone because he's uh, he's been there for about an hour waiting. The thing is, when I work on that business and I was on the ground, here's the thing that Arlen just brought up at the end, which is the key, and I don't know if it is this way now, but it seems to me like it might be, and I think people are starting to feel the pain from it. What would happen is when you saw a price increase that was necessary because of a circumstance, whether it was uh the you know, the 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 uh, transportation was challenged, we had the uh the pipeline blow up, we had uh different things that happened while I was working in the fuel industry, okay? what would happen is the price increase was instantaneous. It would come into play, even though it was going to take them three months to get that product, which was affected by today's events to show up at the pump. But they put up the price, like BP said to cover what's going to come in next, right? Even though they had a three month lead on it. But then when something affected it and dropped the price, Uh, whether it was all of a sudden we have too much fuel and there's too much supply for the demand. It didn't matter. They would drift that price back slow. So the sharp increase when it was time to justify an increase and this let's walk it back nice and slow, a couple pennies at a time, when we have a dollar drop, you know, or we have a 50 cent drop, you know, okay, so we'll bring it down five cents today, five cents tomorrow, two cents the next day. They walk it back slow. Now, what does that do? In my opinion, it means that there's a whole lot of extra cash being made for this anticipated extra expensive stuff that's on its way, whether that actually comes through or not. Because again, in those 90 days, You might see that price started crawling, you know, jump down for a while, so they're going to have a time period of cheaper stuff come in, and then it jumps back up, and so on and so forth. You might push-pull six, eight times before that 90-day marker even comes in. And they're trying to anticipate how that works if you're somebody who independently controls your prices okay, within the guidelines you're provided by the state, of course, or by your circumstance. Like if you have the parkway in Jersey where you can only change your price once a week no matter what happens to the price, because that's the deal you get for having the exclusive rights to all the stations on the Garden State Parkway. That's the truth. Luke Oil had it. Mobile had it for a bit. That's the way it was. Okay, Um, You can only Change the price once a week. The other places that change it by a day, even if it dropped 50 cents, takes them a week to institute the 50 cent price decrease. But in a day, because they get nervous, they jump up the 20, 30, 40, 50 cents. So there it is. It's the drag and drop. The instant of the increase, and the and the the slow walk to the decrease, that's what I think eventually has created this problem, where no matter
4: what they're I'm making plenty talk. of money. I'm throw in and then I'm, I'm gonna go, and I think it's very important. I just want everybody to know. Uh, first off, Vance, I got your email. I sent you something back. I, I know you're out there. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. It's been a rough couple weeks, but I want everybody to know out there. You know, don't go down to your local gas station. You know, he's that's got, that's got a flag out there that says, you know, well, we go one, we go all, and, you know, got his Trump flag and all that. Don't go down there and say, you damn crook, you've been robbing us blind. We heard this, you know, wore-out redneck truck driver on Chuck O'Chelly said that you bastards are making a dollar a gallon when you shouldn't be. Because that ain't the way it works with a lot of these small gas stations. Oh, hell no. A lot of these small gas station. what they do is, is they're branded – And they're sending them, you know, the gas and everything, and they're allowed to make x amount off each gallon, which is usually five cents, ten, maybe fifteen, like on regular gas, for example. And you know, some of your premiums, it's it's a little bit higher. But you know, everybody, don't think that every gas station, especially the independents. And somebody that might have three or four different little stores or whatever, mom and pop deal, that don't mean that they're making that dollar, you know, that's been discussed here or just whatever the number is. Most of them are not making any kind of big money off the gas. I just want to make that point. Oh, no. You no, guys no. have a good show. I'll be listening. I'm going to let you go, and we'll try to talk to you next week.
2: Absolutely, Harlan. Thanks for all that. And Harlan is absolutely correct, again, based on my experience from some years ago. The truth is, when you're looking at a local guy who's on the ground there, independent guy, okay, not a corporate run gas station, uh, you know what? If that guy's making 10 cents on the gallon, he's happy and lucky. Okay, a lot of times these guys Especially because of competition Are making 5 and 4 cents a gallon Think about just the electrical cost For running a gas pump And you gotta make 4 and 5 cents a gallon All right, that's the truth of it Some places they do better, true, blah blah But truth, going and screaming At whoever, whether they're a Trump supporter Or they're a Democrat, it really don't matter They're all still making about the same You know, 5 to If they're super lucky 15 cents a gallon maybe but, you know, most of them not in that area. They're making single-digit pennies on those gallons. That's really what their profit margin is. And they're only allowed to make a certain amount, by the way. They can only they can only price gouge you so far without getting all their licenses pulled by everybody. So, you know, they can risk it. Sometimes they do. But tell you the truth, the majority of those guys are working within a very tight rope. They have a very tight margin that they gotta deal with all the way around. So with that, I'm gonna bring Vance on and uh B Pete, you can handle the conversation there in case you wanna get something in here. But damn, Vance, I hope I didn't put you to sleep. I know you've been there about an hour, man. How you doing?
5: I'm doing great. How are y'all?
2: All right. All right. So I don't know if you want to throw in on this or if you want to talk something else, but I hope you're fantastic and I know I've got at least one other caller, maybe more, but I'll get to everybody as quick as I can and I want to let everybody speak, excuse me, speak. So go ahead, Vance.
5: Yeah, I'm I'm fantastic. I'll always be fantastic even when it sucks like it does now. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to stay as positive as possible and, and to the point of what y'all were talking about in – in my mind, you know, this is just the uh, the uh, realization of this toxic, um, uh, what's the, the word I'm looking for, uh, predatory capitalism that they practice. And, and, you know, as Harlan kind of, you know, makes a reference to is your free market, you know, <laughs> it's a little different between free enterprise and free market and, and, and all that's just mumble jumble words that they use to to manipulate you emotionally to support whatever it is but you know during the right it was just in a, in a little while and i tried looking up to find it and i can't remember the name of what it was but they did one of these simulations the wef uh right i guess during COVID or sometime around in there about it was something about crisis Uh, Crisis supply shortage, crisis change shortage supply simulation where they put all these scenarios and all these countries got together to, you know, to see what. What's you know if this happens, what should we do? And and so it, it's all just you know part of their their every time you know the, the price going up now because of Syria, you know. So they mention anything in the Middle East, they get to jack the prices up. Whether it actually is keeping anything from getting here or not getting here, et cetera, et cetera. It's no accident that you know five or ten uh, meat processing, you know, food processing plants, you know, get burned down, and and uh, so you know the 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 more they can manipulate regulate the supply chain the more money they can make and not sell you as much stuff. You know, they make more money and don't even have to provide you with, you know, as much. So, you know, it's just part of the grift and you know, hopefully people will figure it out and we'll be able to I mean just like this election, I want to start a campaign called Stop the Vote. Vote no. By the way, just really. That's the only vote you need to make is no.
1: Really
2: quick, Vance. Look, it doesn't even matter about the Middle East because they could say Syria. They could say Ukraine or they could tell you it's the hurricane that happened to hit Houston. It don't matter. There's always a justification. Something has caused a problem where, guess what? The price got to go up. And they invent it. It's the cost of wheat that's coming out of Ukraine. It's the fact that there was a terrorist event in Iceland. I'm making things up. Okay. The the hurricane in Houston, fine. How about not that, but how about a hurricane in uh, the harbor in Jersey? Sure, why not? This is interrupted. It doesn't matter. There's always a look over there because this problem has caused this, and it doesn't mean it's true. It just means that we we've come up with a factor that might affect this some way if we explain it to you that it does. And there it is. So, to me, it's always a, a constant that push-pull like I described. Go ahead.
5: And and we can make a correlation to whatever we want to make a correlation to, you know, and 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 drive the the uh, the, the price up that way or whatever and, and yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I lost my train of thought but I was trying to,
2: to I'm sorry, I probably to, to screwed not get you up. In
5: on you there, but
2: yeah, I screwed you up. I you know, nah. like I like the one day they said the price of fuel went up because uh, uh Biden was leading in the polls. Uh, I, you know, and, and then the price of fuel went up because uh, Trump was leading in the polls. Uh, they, 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 uh, the price of fuel went up because uh, this candidate dropped out of the race for president. You know, like I saw that happen on, on a TV show, like in the space of an hour. And I went, well, I don't know what the hell they're talking about now. So the market is nervous. Therefore, the gas went up because somebody might get selected. I, I, like, I was trying to figure that one out, and I do know that the markets and commodities are moody, and they go along with things just because people are upset or bothered or concerned or worried. Their anxiety adds to these things all the time. I was hoping to talk to Mike Swanson I guess he didn't get home on time but I was hoping to introduce him into the show tonight but uh, but he didn't make it so it's okay, no big deal we've got more than a half hour left to work with but uh, I'm thinking we got to get to a break pretty soon Vince, did you uh, get your train of thought back that you want to finish on here?
5: Well, one thing I wanted to just kind of switch it up a little bit because we agree, and uh, I think we've kind of covered that aspect of it—that it's not just a, a happy accident that all oh, this is happening, and they get to, you know, raise prices at will. And and uh, but uh, I got a email from President Trump—a uh, letter from the heart.
2: <laughs> and, oh, you, uh, did you get that today it too?
5: It was like yesterday. I think I like got yesterday. Uh, it might have been on know, the overnight. And, yeah, uh,
2: but yeah. Okay, I got one of them too. Go, go ahead, tell him. <laughs>
5: and. and 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 I just thought it was hilarious. You know, it it basically says that uh, when he from the first time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Towers to announce my presidency uh, uh, and announced that I was against the the, uh, uh, deep state, they've had a bullseye on my back ever since. And just like I was talking about earlier, you know, so he there's always this victim, the hero uh, and and. The victim and the hero and it's all wwe stuff man i'm telling you it's just, it's just it's the same narrative they got the movie coming out now about wrestling or some series that's going to be on and and to me that's what it is it's just an entertainment it's just the bread and circus you know from the roman days with without the popcorn you know you don't even get the free bread and beer anymore you got to pay for it like you know 12 bucks for a beer and, <laughs> so it, it's just getting ridiculous Am I there? Yeah, I hear you.
3: Yes, BP,
2: take over for a moment.
3: Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) You know, Vance, I I tend to agree with you there. It's, you know, it's not – I don't even know that it's free market. It's predatory market, you know, and it's every industry out there is doing everything they can to get as much as they can, as quick as they can, as if they're afraid things are suddenly going to – stop when it comes to you know consumer purchasing and that Um,
5: but it's funny how we go ahead and when you kind of trace it back well you know the fact is there's six corporations that own you know all the other corporations basically and so there is no free market there is no competition between those markets there's just this collusion to where they just can you know manipulate and like say they can sell one business and lose money in it and and then write that off on their taxes and and and, and it, it, it's just it's totally predatory there the, you know this is fascism 101 on steroids oh,
3: absolutely. and we set our
5: we set our tax
3: laws up To promote that aspect of it, you know, if individuals could, could do like a business and write off everything that it takes them to just be able to exist enough to pay taxes, then you see a whole different ball game out there. People could compete. People would have savings. People would be able to have disposable income because they're not being, they're not subsidizing business through their taxes. People don't realize how much subsidization takes place of corporate uh entities at on behalf
5: of the the taxpayer it's amazing yeah. and you elon know, elon, elon musk elon musk is like a hero but you know he got a lot of his wealth through you know our our money you know absolutely he did um
3: I, I, it's always amazed me your know, corporate you look at the list every year these corporations did not pay any taxes and you wonder you know how do they not pay taxes? They're paying their board members and their executives these outrageous salaries every year. Um, well, to take when the banks failed, back in 2008, when the housing industry fell, all this money was given to banks to bail them out, and they turned right around, gave themselves fat bonuses, and went back to the same old practices that got them in trouble in the first place. You know, we're subsidizing our own economic
5: rate, I guess you'd call it. Mm.
2: No, absolutely true. Exactly, that's what yeah. I'm
5: saying. It, it, the, right. the bottom is paying for the top, you know. The, 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 the pyramid is totally upside down
2: the the most hilarious example that I'll always keep close to my heart is uh when they were giving out those uh you know wonderful tax credits to anybody with children and uh I know not everybody has children who's listening and you're saying to yourself oh well that sucks I didn't make a kid I didn't get a tax break okay but you know maybe maybe you feel bad about that I got you but I would be a lot more angry with the idea that Jeff Bezos collected four hundred and fifty dollars for each of his kids uh how does that work <laughs> okay i am talking about the guy who uh you know the amazon guy was able to get a tax. Yeah. now what? that was based on the fact that you made under a hundred thousand dollars a year bp do you remember that yeah i remember it. i remember it uh okay Yes,
3: I do. I kind of got apoplectic over it myself. It's just like Social Security. They put a cap on Social Security wages to where everybody on the lower end is paying a high percentage of their income towards Social Security. Mm -hmm. And and like this, where someone who's wealthy, they get capped. Once they get to a certain level, they don't pay on any more of their income. Mm -hmm. But yet they turn around and they hit the system for the money when they turn of age. It's just amazing. I mean, this whole government has turned into a big Ponzi scheme, and we're the ones that are having to float the note.
2: You know, I've known a couple it's of a rich – I've known a couple of guys that I would call rich, right, that have you know a couple million dollars in the bank, okay? And somehow they're able to collect – now, some people would say, well, they're entitled to their Social Security too, and I go – Yeah, but, you know, when I see other people struggling to get their $1,000 payment once they're old enough and then I see the guy who I know has a couple million dollars banked but it's sheltered somehow and blah, 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 you know, I find it amazing that another senior might not be able to uh, be allowed to own too many things. You know, if they got two cars and a house, they might get disqualified from picking up their Social Security somehow, and yet the rich guy can still collect somehow. I, I never understand why, you know. Anyway, I know they paid in. They deserve it. It doesn't matter. They're, they're accomplishments. They shouldn't be punished for it. I know. But it's very weird to me when you see a Jeff Bezos getting a, a a tax credit that, again, uh, I didn't qualify for personally, right? Uh, not because I made over $100,000 either. It was something else that made me not qualify. But somehow Bezos got paid for his kids, it was the weirdest thing I ever saw. And people just oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, Good. Yeah, I look
3: at a company like Duke Energy, which is in seven and a half states. They have probably a hundred subsidiary companies that deal with energy, you know, throughout the world, and they didn't pay any corporate income tax, and I'm sitting here thinking the government.
1: And I put in Vance. State, we I, have
2: a I, yeah. I put Vance on government. hold. Hold on a second. I put Vance. Yeah. I put Vance on hold temporarily because we're going to get to the next caller next, and I want to bring anybody back around who sits on hold just in case, and anybody else who calls in. Sorry, I wanted to note that for the listener. Go ahead, B. Pete. I, I interrupted you.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, what I was saying is, we 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 are told they're allowed to charge certain amounts. The government gives them permission. Now, Duke Power has a monopoly. In this state they either have the power or they're selling it to these co-ops within the state all all energy in this state is produced by duke energy much. and so we have nowhere else to go our utility commissions allows them to set their rates and approves their rate hikes mm-hmm. and yet they don't pay a bit of tax on on the billions that they make and our bills keep going up Now, you look at the money that these guys at the upper higher, you know, echelon of Duke energy are making in bonuses and salaries, and yet they can jump our rates anytime they go to the state and ask for an increase. 9 times out of 10 they get it. It's very seldom that they don't and it's mm-hmm. never that you see them rebate
2: overcharges. Oh yeah. So Yeah, and, and not only somebody know, takes them to court, if somebody takes them to court and sues the hell out of them for a couple of years, then some rebate checks come back through. Excuse me. And and that is the Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a
3: process of what? 4 years for something to finally get a decision on something now. In the meantime, you've been having to come up with the money till the rebate check hits 4 years down the road. Oh yeah. That's what kills me. We're, you know, we're having to support them for their corporate
4: welfare.
2: Yeah, and, and I also want to know how they do math at Georgia Power. And I'm going to bring on the next caller who I'm sure I might have put to sleep as well because he's been waiting 70 minutes. Uh, and then we're going to get to a break after we get to him. Um, but uh, but here's the thing, you know, and, and again, I took people in order. Georgia Power is funny because they're claiming that they're putting a 4% increase or something like that publicly recently on, on our, our light bills. I'm sorry, I don't know how they did their math because I'm looking at about 30 30 30 percent of an increase and i track my bill day by day i'm not making any mistakes here i'm not doing any creative math i track my bill by the day okay so i know exactly what i'm paying and i know exactly what the percentage is versus what it was okay previous to the increase and literally as soon as it got hot here i mean real hot in georgia all of a sudden, a 30% increase was there, and it wasn't that my usage went up either. It just, virtually the same usage, it ends up being a realistic addition of 30% to the bill. Now, they would say that it's only a 4% interest actually on their charge, because XYZ, blah, 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 through the bill, I can't even lay out all the details. But I'd love to know who did the math at Georgia, in Georgia Power, which is not as big as Duke at all. I don't even know that they do outsource sales. I love the fact that Duke really controls it all. Because even when I lived in Kinston, allegedly, my power was provided by my town. But guaranteed, they bought it from Duke or a company that bought it from Duke. So, you know. Yeah, they bought Duke.
3: And then they go out and they, they get a bunch of bonds so that they can upgrade their infrastructure, Mm -hmm. so that they can deliver this to you more efficiently. And what you end up paying for the bonds for the next 15 years seems like they never get paid off. On top of all the increases that Duke puts on the energy that they provide to the city. Right At a profit.
2: And it's what, crazy. And what do they realistically add to the equation? A bunch of cutoff switches so they can come around and efficiently cut you off the moment you are a day late. I'm just telling you, I know that from experience. And your water and your, it's so funny, your water, your garbage pickup, your electric, all of it tied together into one little box where somebody goes around and physically is paid to go in a truck and just do the shutoffs. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, I almost felt bad for the lady that had to do that there in Kinston because, you know, people were uh, chasing her with sticks and bats sometimes over, damn it, I'm a couple hours late on my bill. (laughs) You're here. Anyways, let's get to the next caller. He is familiar. He's been waiting a while. Hopefully I haven't pissed him off too much, but I'm sure he's got something to say and that is Jimmy James, who will be the last caller we take before we go to break because I don't have anybody sitting for a long time waiting. Now, finally, this is the last long waiter. Jimmy James, uh, you still uh, awake?
6: Yeah, kind of.
2: I'm sorry, man. Everybody went well, away. Go ahead.
6: You, you were incorrect. You know exactly why I also started in on Donald Trump's. It's simply because I pointed out that they were both born in Queens.
2: Yeah, but I wasn't there when the conversation started. I came back to the headphones and picked them up, and had no idea what was going on yeah. at that time. That's that's what I was that describing. Was
6: that's the only thing I said about Trump, was that he was born in Queens.
2: No, well, I didn't know that at the time. And then I heard later, yeah, it was over Queens. And I said, you heard me say, to Uncle, well, if Jimmy James said, Donald Trump's from Queens, he's telling the truth, Uncle. <laughs> you heard me say that, right? Yeah. I backed you up. He said it. I backed. If that was your only point, well, I it, backed you up. I didn't does. hear it. I didn't hear it. That was the thing. I was away from the headphones. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead.
6: That's all that was said. And Uncle did not like it, I guess. And I said that they were neighbors.
2: Uh, that That's what did it. You see, you associated him to him, and he and he got upset. Usually he doesn't talk politics at all. Uh, so, But, uh, yeah, no, look, the fact that he was from Queens. And then some wacky guy called in, too, uh, on top of that. And uh, came in, I, I don't know what he was saying, but something about also backing you up, I think, about Trump is from Queens, right? Something like that? No,
6: a girl called in.
2: Oh, it was a girl. Okay, I'm sorry. I You know, I got all mixed up because it was like, I get back to the microphone and he's literally yelling about hang Trump. And I'm like, what? What happened? <laughs> you know? Exactly.
4: Anyway. Exactly.
6: Exactly. Now think about this, Ocelli. That's. Do you really think that Donald Trump could get a fair trial in New York City, D.C., or Fulton County? Do you think it's any accident that, that, that these is what the locales where these people are trying to try him?
2: Well, Fulton County, I would tell you, I think he'll he could definitely get a fair trial. Actually, uh, in that. I don't know. Yeah, ninety-five
6: percent black. You got twelve percent of the vote.
2: Yeah. Okay, but uh, Jimmy James, it's not. It's, I don't know if you know this, but in Georgia, it doesn't cut along racial lines as much as they like to tell you. As far as uh, Trump supporters go, there are plenty. Uh, I don't know if this. I don't know if this stands in in other states. Okay, but with my own eyes in Georgia. Plenty of black Trump supporters. Plenty. So I don't know if that's the same it, way everywhere. More by the day. May, maybe. More by the day. Maybe. it's interesting that all this
6: Trump crap all dropped exactly as actual Biden controversies and evidence was popping up. Devin Archer, Joe Biden's business partner and Hunter's had quite a committee hearing and then what do you know all of a sudden here's the third indictment from trump it's so obvious to anyone with a brain that people are losing interest in it mm. they see it exactly what it is uh someone earlier was talking about fascism and we They were talking about money I don't know what you're talking about Fascism has nothing to do with money It's tyranny It's living in a police state And Joe Biden is fascism Exactly fascism What do you call it when you're trying to jail your opponent? And this isn't even really debatable anymore It's so conspicuous It's embarrassing for these pukes And all these problems you guys are going on about, I say it's not the government's fault. I say it's the bureaucracy's fault. The bureaucracy's fault. The appointed officials, the lifers, the two and a half million civilian pukes who work for this bureaucracy, the administrative state, is exactly the problem. Mm -hmm. And no, the Republican Party and Democrat Party are not morally equivalent. And I will be happy to have that discussion with anyone who disagrees. Okay. you got your head up your butt. If you think you could defend the Democratic positions of today and you keep talking about Republicans, name one extreme policy of the Republican Party. All right. Oh, and another thing. Everyone check out National Post. Post. They just posted a Tucker interview that was banned from Fox that somehow leaked. Mm. Anyways, it's the chief of the police of the Capitol, and he has things to say about the Capitol kerfuffle. He's And I do... I see. Where where is that at?
2: Sorry, where where is that? Everyone go
6: to the National Post. National Pulse?
2: will go to the National Pulse. Pulse. P- uh, sorry, P- uh, hang on a second, Jimmy James. P U L S E? Pulse? Pulse. P. U L S E? Pulse. Like that? P.
6: National P-U-L-S-E, Pulse. And you'll go there and look for the Ben Tucker interview. And this is the chief of the police, of the Capitol Police. And he tells you exactly what happened, and exactly who's responsible. Pelosi, Pelosi, Pelosi. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. No, i okay, just want to. I just wanted to find where where it was you were referring me to. Uh, so the national Pulse, and uh, I've gone over there. I'm going to definitely look through that. Um. So I, I was talking about the greed in business earlier. I don't know. I, I was really not getting too much. I, I talked about that, and I talked about the uh, the media companies and how they uh, really are riding Trump as a a content creator.
6: Vance well, made a mistake. there. Uh, he was talking about socialism and accidentally called it fascism. Okay, when corporations go with the bad with the DNC, this is not fascism, that part's called socialism, Marxism, Leninism, Communism, whatever. Now when Biden comes after his political opponents with police force, that's called fascism.
2: <clears throat> okay, well Uh, I'll tell you a general sort of definition I can read off uh, for fascism, which is always interesting to me because people use that uh, that Mussolini quote incorrectly, uh, you know, which is a quote that uh, is, I believe, spurious. I don't think he ever said it uh this concept about, you know, well, that's when businesses are no, that's that's not what he said. Anyways, uh You're all right. correct. fascism. You're correct, Chuck. Well I, I can read the Italian, so I know that's not what he said. Uh, so anyways, uh let's see, often capitalized. A political philosophy, movement, or regime such as that of the fascist, uh that exalts nation and often race above the individual, and that stands for a centralized Autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader, uh, severe economic and social, uh, well, let's see, re- regimentation and forcible suppression of opposition.
6: So, okay, see, see, problem Chuck. No, no definition of something like that should be more than a sentence. So otherwise, they just made that up.
2: Oh I'm sorry. I thought that not was like dictionary dot I thought that was a black
6: how dictionary dot com just added fifty five thousand fake words to uh, whatever. Please the fag community.
2: Okay, well, I'll go. I'll go look for a better, shorter definition. But it, it has—you it, notice there was nothing about the business and, and any of that in that definition—is my only point.
6: Right? No, well, I agree with you. Fascism is, in my mind, the muscle behind the mess. It's not the business crap. That's socialism.
2: Well, that's where the means of production are controlled by the government, and that does mean that business is controlled by the government. I mean, that's the way I understand socialism. Uh.
6: Well, no, that's communism. Socialism that's communism. the thing is, there's never really been one. But in theory, that's very weird, stupid, and convoluted. Trade unions and the so called middle class. You're supposed to work together and build a utopia. It's just another
2: form of Marxism horse crap. Yeah, that that would be a Marxism definition there, which is not the same exactly as communism in general. There's a little variation there. And uh, what you just described, to my mind, no, is Marxism. Socialism, but, okay,
6: Socialism, I said, was very close to actual Marxism. Oh, oh okay. The trade unions, etc.
2: I'm sorry, I misheard you then. No problem. All right. no, no worries. look i'm I'm working with you on this and trying to uh, be clear. So I mean, if I go to dictionary.com there's a definition for socialism, but I'd rather get to a more concise one, so i'll I'll work on that and uh be uh I think it's about time for us to take a break. I mean, Jimmy, did you get uh, everything in you pretty much wanted to get in there, or you got something else you want to add before we go to break?
6: Well, I'll also point out that uh, MSNBC and CNN are part of large corporate conglomerates. You say the word, Chuck.
2: Conglomerate, yeah.
6: Conglomerate. Thank you. (laughs) And they run these channels at a loss to spread their crazy communist Marxist messages. And they don't care.
2: Well, the last reports I read, they weren't running at a loss this year, uh, and and not, neither was Fox. Fox, actually, funny thing about Fox to me is that, you know, they got that big uh, settlement against them, which they won't pay the entire thing. But they actually made enough to cover that in profit. Um, News Corp did in the time period that uh, they were being sued for. So I don't know. You know, what can I say? Uh, as as I was talking with our, our Australian friend the other day, there is a difference between News Corp in America and News Corp elsewhere. Um, man, that's pretty fascinating. I didn't get that interview out yet. But uh, what the biggest newspaper in Australia is now saying about the COVID scam. Uh, very interesting that their MSM is shifting over there. And uh, how nobody's even pointing it out over here?
6: Yeah, Europe's way ahead of us, and rejecting this. Who the foul chief? They're taking a big step backwards.
2: I'm, I'm sorry, this was Australia I'm talking about, not Europe. But yeah, point stands though. But Australia. Well, yeah.
6: Basically, the whole world is basically saying that America just screwed them.
2: Um, with this COVID crap. Yep, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I I can't argue there, and they did have a big article on the front page of the uh, the Australian uh, just the other day that uh, pretty much you know declared that Fauci is uh, the guy who screwed the world pretty much with this uh, circumstance. Now I don't know if you can lay it all on him, but he definitely was a player. BP, are you ready to go to break?
6: Oh yeah. And yeah, they also lowered our credit for
2: Oh, yeah, we didn't even get to the credit score. I was going to talk to Swanson about that if he called in because we had that uh, one, uh, you know, the one drop in credit from the one agency that uh, marks that stuff. But, you know, more to come on that story, I'm sure. I don't know what it really affected except the markets took a hell of a hit that day. But, you know, I'm not involved in the market. I know a lot of people say it would affect me and all this, but... You know, maybe more to come with that or God knows what else as the Ocelli effect goes into its second segment tonight only here at Ocelli.com. My co host B. Pete, new callers, if you join us, 319 527 5016. You can join us or on Skype, Charles.Ocelli, when we come back. Wall Street Silver, the stock market. WallStreetWindow.com Perhaps you're invested deeply. Perhaps you're not in deep enough. Maybe you're thinking about getting started. WallStreetWindow.com Michael Swanson, the brilliant author of The War State, understood these trends professionally for many years, and now he gives you the benefit of his knowledge.
0: WallStreetWindow.com
2: Go there now. Go there now. Go there
0: now. The War State by Michael Swanson explains the great national transformation that took place and put the Kennedy presidency in the context of the times and reveals never before published information about the Cuban Missile Crisis. President Kennedy would not have been assassinated if he had been president 200 years ago. His assassination took place in the context of the Cold War and the rise of the national security state. Before World War II, the United States was a continental republic. In the decade that followed, it became an imperial superpower. Generals such as Curtis LeMay not only wanted to invade Cuba, but knew that there were short-range missiles on the island armed with nuclear warheads that they could not destroy because they were on mobile launchers. Their invasion could have led to a third world war, and they wanted to go to war anyway. The war started by Michael Swanson reveals why and will show you what President Kennedy was up against. For more information hey,
2: look I actually have a little offer that I want to drop to everybody who's on here and anybody listening if uh, if you don't mind Mr. Cooper I'd like to take a minute and make a little offer and uh, and ask of everybody watching listening and participating sure? not? no not at all. Okay, look, I am uh, continuously building my little network, and I've got a 24-7 radio station, okay, online. It, it's got a bit of reach. It's been interesting. I've had it running steadily without interruption for, I don't know, five, seven years, something like that. But here's the thing. I would love to get, because some people are going to start paying to uh, run things on my radio station, um, but I don't. I'm not looking for money here today. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'll take it if anybody's got something they want to give it up, but, uh, you know, cause I could use it, but I'm not looking for that right this minute. My offer is simple. Uh, actually, if you have short audios that you would like because you have a presentation, a tight five, ten minutes worth of something. Uh, that you think is absolutely worthy of the world hearing, okay? Because I have listeners all over the world to that radio station. They're not in huge numbers all at one time, but they're constant, 24-7. Every country you could possibly think of tunes into my radio station at one point or another. It's not huge. It's not like, oh, I've got millions of listeners, but we do have thousands, and we have thousands of people that tune in and catch Get Mad with Chris Graves and catch the replays and catch my show, which is the Ocelli Effect, and they catch the replays and they catch Aaron Franz as The Age of Transitions. Pretty soon they're going to be catching the cult priestess on there.
0: Nice.
2: Anyway, and I, I've got offers to other people to join us, you know, working on it. But here's the thing. I don't care if you're a podcaster or if you're a musician or if you're just somebody who's got some great thoughts that you think the world needs to hear. Do me a favor, record them, make an MP3, and send them on over to me. I want to start populating the stream for the next little while with stuff that I'm not charging anybody to run. It's just good stuff. Send me your good stuff, okay? researcher at gmail.com. Just email it to me, all right? Uh, You got music, maybe you're a musician, maybe you're a podcaster and you want to do an ad for your podcast because you want other people to listen. You haven't been a guest on my show, maybe you have been a guest on my show, I don't care. Throw me together a couple of minutes, tell me why people should listen to you. Tell me why people should pay attention to something else. Why should they pay attention to what's going on in Congress? I don't care, send it over to me, okay? I want to populate this with anybody who's got good ideas. Okay, it is outside of the mainstream for the next little while. We'll still run our replays. We'll still run our regular shows. Okay, but I want to see what happens if I open it to everybody. I'm not asking you to pay for ads. And again, you could do an ad for your podcast. You could do an ad for your Rockfin channel. You can, I, I don't care. Send me something. That is of interest that moves information forward. That helps to educate people, whether it's your project, your song, your poem, your article. You want, you're, you're a writer? You like to write? Read me your article. Send it to me. Okay? Do any of this and send it to blind JFK researcher at gmail.com. If you can't remember that, go to O'Shelly.com, click on the email thing there. It might go to that email address. It might go to info at O'Shelly.com. I control both of those. So it doesn't matter. Email it to me. I will play it, okay? not going to say I'm going to play it a million times. If you want to make an arrangement to play a commercial with me, I do have open ad space, but and I'm looking not to charge people a lot of money if you're doing a small project. We can customize it, all that stuff, and we need support for the network, Sure. But I'm not looking for money today. I'm looking for your ideas. I'm looking for your voices. You want to be heard somewhere? You think you're not being heard in enough places? Send it over to me. Send me a short piece of audio. Okay? Don't send me videos. I can't play videos on my stream. It's a 24-7 audio radio station. Okay? And I'll be more than happy to add you to the mix. Uh, I'm suspending. I usually don't like to have harsh language on my station. We're not going to bother with that because I'm no longer carried on AM and FM. Fuck it. We're going, okay? Bring it Fuck to it. me. What you got? And show me your good ideas. Show me your good podcasts. Anybody on here, you guys all have some sort of podcast you do. Send me an ad for your podcast. Fine you got good ideas, obviously, you think, because that's what you're making. Send me good ideas. Send me the good material. Send me the good places to point people to. You've written an article you're proud of? Read it. Send it to me. You wrote a song. You think it's great. You're not going to hit me for using it for copyright? Actually, I've got a license to play copyright and stuff on my online radio station. Send me your music. No problem. Original things that move ideas and reality forward that inform people, that educate them, that do some kind of good. Send me your audio. I can't offer it any more open than that.
1: You're listening to the Ocelli.com radio network.
0: Teach me, i Screwed over I'm or tipped around Call Cocky Cox, attorneys at law We record of success Winning cases from microaggressions To fighting for your right for safe spaces Remember, if they bitch, we'll make you rich Hawking Cox, Attorneys at Law, 555-244-3425. Five, 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 four, 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 Going to Chuck O'Jelly. When you hear Chuck O'Jelly, you know it's Chuck Ocelli. You are about to embark upon the great crusade. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hope Prayers of liberty loving people everywhere, march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers in arms on other fronts, your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well trained, well equipped, and battle hardened. He will fight savagely, man to man. The tide has turned.
3: The free men of the world are marching together to victory. Good
0: luck. Let us all be seeking the blessing of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking. Uh, you're 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 fast. Fast.
2: In case you don't recognize the track, that is uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower and a slightly edited version of a speech. Uh, over top of uh, me playing bass and drums. That's what those instruments are. Bit of distortion. Uh, two, three different bass tracks. And uh, drums. Basic drum beat. And uh, that's what that little piece there is. That I don't play that often here on the show. But there it is. So um, <clears throat> that's me with a bass. Yep. Anyhow. It is what it is. The Friday night open mic is just about done here on the live show. And we've been joined by a Skype by a familiar voice uh, who uh, is going to get a little more familiar as I put out some uh, more of his stuff over the weekend because uh, I'm a little behind. We haven't gotten out the Don Jeffries interview and today's, I couldn't have possibly gotten out today's because it ran right into this show uh, tribute to Lane Staley uh, on the O'Chilly Radio Network and that's getting. Mad with Chris Graves. Chris is with us, and uh, I'm going to kind of turn it over to B. Pete, and let him, uh, you know, go through closing out the rest of the show as he is uh, rather good at doing. B. Pete, you ready to roll with Chris? Oh,
3: absolutely. Um, Chris, what, um, what have you got upcoming on your show? Go ahead and give you a time to plug your spot here.
1: Hey, thanks, B. Pete. Next week. Next week is actually going to be a weird week because uh on Tuesday and I I talked to Chuck about this before but I don't know if you guys remember the old horror magazine Fangoria. Well, I have uh yes. the, the former editor Tony Timpone or Timponi. I got to figure out uh, exactly how to pronounce that. Um he agreed to to do uh, do a get mad with me. Um, we were gonna do it this week, earlier in the week, but uh, he didn't think he was gonna be able to get home in time. So, so that that's gonna be uh, next week early. And um, yeah, other than that, uh, how uh, how are things with you, Pete? Like uh, with your job and everything? If I uh, I may have missed that at the beginning of the show. Uh, things are
3: hectic. We're, you know, it's summertime. That's when you really crank up in construction, trying to get things done. We've had some weather issues and other things going on. And, um, so it's been, I've been pulling 24 hour shifts where we're working during the day, getting things done. And because we can't put lane closures into the day, we have a lot of stuff that has to be done at night. So you end up, you end up working more hours than you want to, but it, then again, the tax man loves you when it comes time to do your withholding. Um, But other than that, I mean, things are going just general. We're trying to to get things out of the way here. Some things done around the house so that when I can take off in November, I can take about a week and a half to head down to Dallas and uh, make that, you know, not be rushed, trying to get down there and get back. But other than that, um, you know, things are going pretty good. Just working on the house, getting things. You know, one day it's plumbing, the next day it's electrical, so it's always a mixed bag around here when it comes to remodeling
1: are you at least going to have uh some rest and maybe some fun over the weekend
3: oh yeah yeah uh catching up on paperwork but biggest thing is uh we've been dodging the rain so i've got to get out there and get the, the yard some sometime um, yeah. the rain has not helped grass is starting to shoot up real quick but uh, other than some yard work yeah be able to enjoy the time you know i've got so that's the thing if it rains i got plenty to do in the house uh when it comes to remodel so i'm either out in the yard or i'm in here You know, remodeling, tearing stuff out, redoing wiring room at a time.
2: You know, I meant to ask you a question at the beginning of the show, actually, and I never got to it, is uh, about that rainstorm. Is that the storms that came from here and moved up north to you? Because we got deluged for a couple of days, and yesterday was real bad. Um, But uh, I was wondering if that moved, like, you know, up the coast and uh, went your way, or if that came from somewhere else. Do you know? Well, the same
3: front I think there was a low pressure system that was hovering down on you guys and it finally started moving towards the coast and when it did the front came through here and it's just been pop up showers. Um uh, okay. most of this is stuff that's generating from the heat of the day. Not not like it's tracking along a front and the same rain you got we get, you know, a half a day later. Right. This is just pop up stuff that lingers around and you know, dumps heavy rain for thirty five minutes and then moves on. So it's not bad, but we have had some uh, we have had some tornado warnings in that the past week. Uh, we had a town up near Rocky Mount just last week that got hit with a tornado. Did a lot of damage in an area called Dorches, which is near Rocky Mount. Um, qualified for FEMA funds. It was it was so bad. A lot of the other areas didn't meet the threshold, but they did. They had a lot of damage. But it's typical summer in North Carolina, you know, hot weather, humid weather, and you got a chance of a tornado anytime a thunderstorm breaks out.
2: Yeah. You know, I might have to check with Swanson and see about that. You know, he was asking, I, I think he was trying to figure out some logistical stuff for uh, going to Dallas, which some people are going to do it virtually, by the way. They're going to do some virtual appearances uh, and uh, some some others are going to go there directly. I mean, it is the first in-person conference in a couple of years now, uh, you know, for them. So, I don't know. I, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to going in person. But uh, he was asking, like, about where you were in North Carolina. I think he might have been uh, imagining what it was to angle to maybe see if we could get together. Because I wouldn't mind it if there was a few of us traveling together on this little road trip. That's for sure. Uh, I don't know if he'd want to come down from Virginia all this way, you know, and then do that. I don't know yeah. if he wants to do it because he could probably just fly in just as easy. But uh, I don't know. You know, I'll check back with him about that. I I never finished that conversation with him because I had to call him off air yesterday because I wasn't uh, able to take him live because my power kept going out. You know, Uh, we had some pretty extreme storms that were just popping the power off and on, off and on and. I didn't want to go to air and be on for five minutes and come back for five minutes and you know, uh, so we skipped it. And actually, I was going to have him on tonight, but uh, he uh, guess didn't get back in time. So anyhow, uh, where do we go from here? Did we get all of what Chris wanted to get to, well, uh, or no? We well, just got promos. Yeah, can go just ahead.
1: mention one, one more thing. Sure. Yeah, I, I wanted to say that next week at some point, um, well, probably on Monday, uh, uh, Vance. And myself, we're gonna do um, another installment looking back on uh, the Boston Marathon bombing. And I think uh, I think half the show will be that, but the other half will be him kind of schooling me on the the various elements and principles, I guess, of um, of uh, anarchy. So uh, he's gonna school me on a bunch of stuff that uh you know I'm not really well versed in. And we're also toying with the thing. Uh, A segment possibly down the line uh, that I thought was really cool that I got to talk to Harlan about where we were thinking about or he he threw out this um, awesome title called Redneck Rants. Huh. and i was laughing for about 10 minutes and i was like this is great like <laughs> you know just the three of us on some rants and stuff so and that's about it so it's, i'll shut up now <laughs> no no
2: problem except you're not really a qualified redneck um i i'm thinking maybe i'm wrong
1: um uh, you know, I'm a lower class uh, from Massachusetts. So we come in all different shapes and sizes and territories, I guess.
2: I guess so. But, I mean, in the Northeast, uh, I guess they used to just uh, refer to guys like you and me. I mean, I'm not offending you by telling you I'm in the group, too. Uh, I think we were just uh, white trash up there, you know, pretty much. Yeah, I was, I was to white trash, but
1: I didn't, want to, I didn't want to offend Harlan or uh, Vance. Yeah, but see, so white <laughs> trash.
2: But also, since I'm Sicilian, uh, you know, I'm not exactly white either, you know, depending on who you talk to so anyway Pete, you, you want me to bring on Vance so they can uh, bat that back and forth or should we get to bringing on somebody else uh, your call my brother
3: well I mean have we got have we got anybody left on the line that hasn't joined us
2: no just the uh, the three that are there we still got Harlan, Jimmy James and Vance all on the line and they're on
3: hold well I was looking at schedule and I'm wondering if we need to go ahead and start our closing thoughts
2: Bo, you got it. Your call, bro.
3: Well, we can uh, – we can uh, we haven't heard from Harlan in a while. Let's pull him in. Harlan, have you got anything you want to close out the week with?
4: There you go. Harlan. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Well, you know, to me, I think this here would be a better gimmick than Redneck Ranch. And a couple years ago, I thought about – You know, done some stuff online, not the vast shit. There's many people, you know, and everything's flooded. But I've actually got a a Fit Juice channel uh, that's White Trash Wisdom. It's white underscore wisdom underscore trash. So that right there would basically, you know, uh, or excuse me, uh, white underscore trash underscore wisdom. I think that would make a good, you know, sense uh, you know, Chris's neck, Hard is red, you know, is uh, mine advances from. Oh, right. That's fair enough. Hey, anyway, We can, we can diversity and we can be inclusive. You know, it's kind of like, you know, all these my guitars, you know, you've got them up north, down south, out west, all these Antifa. They're all over. Some of them's got pink hair, some of them's got blue hair. Some of them, you know, like me, doesn't have any hair. You know, my head, I've got some on my face. But nice. Sounds like a winner hey I, I, and one more thing you can't have a free market when it's held down on one end and propped up on the other and I just want to ask all you guys are you tired of winning yet
2: <laughs> so white trash wisdom I, I like it I don't know you'll probably get some static from some people and after all uh, in, in this day and age can't anybody identify as white because they are inside and they decided they were I mean isn't that like part of the rules now uh, on the liberal side of things. Isn't that right? Well, it's
4: just you know, I mean, me and Angry Tiger, we was actually having a discussion on that. You know, it's like you've got, you know, some of these folks in the Jewish community seem like that they identified for as white until it wasn't cool to even be, you know, even remotely white. And you've got some in the Italian community, you know, they don't want to be, you know, identified as white anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, basically, you know, it's, you just kind of got a mix there. You know, I am supposed to be allegedly, you know, part Indian, excuse me, Native American. I know we're not supposed to say the I word anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hell, everybody in North Georgia and East Tennessee and Southeast Kentucky and Southwest Virginia, to hear them tell it for, you know, years was part Cherokee. But, you know, I've never had a DNA test or anything like that. I'd, I'd hate to... uh put my DNA out on the
2: uh,
4: internet and every time you turn around, somebody be running up, you know, hollering you my daddy or something. I mean, I kind of got around, you know, a lot 20 years ago. Oh,
2: boy. (laughs) That could be a new mess for you. Uh, You know, interesting, too, BP, I'm curious about this, actually. Since I got you and Harlan on here, just real fast, quick throwaway question. Oh, excuse me again. Um, You know, it seems to me like a lot of guys I get to know a little bit down here down south since I've been here past decade or so, you know, uh uh under the uh Mason Dixon line, I never thought I'd be crossing for too long and I wound up moving down here. Seems to me like a lot of guys I know that uh, run around, and they do tell everybody in the world they're white, but you get a couple of beers in them. Almost all of them got a story about, you know, I actually got some Indian in me. Oh, excuse me, Native American. Pretty much like what Harlan just did. It seems to me like that's a a common situation. Um, is it just the people I'm running into, or am I discovering something here that I that I thought was hidden?
3: Well you know you do have a lot of people in the in the South, especially in the deep south that um have a uh ancestry that traces back to one of the tribes, usually the Cherokee tribe around here in North Carolina upper South Carolina mm. um that ran up and down the Appalachian so yeah, you do have a lot of uh people that claim that heritage down here, but then again, you know I get confused sometimes because with all the all the the new societal rules that go on i identify myself as an african-american lesbian so you know i'm really not i'm trying to distance myself from this poor white trash um upbringing that that i had once we moved down here we were in about sixth grade i guess when we moved to the the Hmm. south so it's been interesting being a a african-american lesbian in today's society and and you know, the problems that we function with, I really don't have time to to worry about the 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 white aspect of things. Well, I see I, everything in color now.
2: And I, I support your rights. Um, I, I, yeah, go ahead, Harlan. Go ahead.
4: I really believe, I really believe that you are part of African American <laughs> because you see you just said that you was working twenty four hour shifts and everybody knows that the white and brown you know, and black unemployment's at different levels since, you know, Trump was in office because the black and brown unemployment's been at an all-time low for, you know, what it's been, five and a half, six years now. You know. So, so there's a good chance yeah, yeah. that you do have some African descent. I
6: hey.
3: do. I, You know, um, and I'm proud of my heritage, although I, you know, recently discovered it. But, hey, you go with the flow.
2: Uh, hey, look, proud to work right,
6: with come a le- on
2: to the, uh, sure, uh, <laughs> pr- proud to work with a proud to work with a lesbian, by the way. Thank you. Um, okay. So, Chris, any thoughts on any of this?
1: <laughs> I support all lesbians. Thank you.
2: There you have it. So, BP, Pete, uh are we did we get from harlan everything we needed to uh should i should i put him back on hold you tell me direct sir
3: oh well we'll check with him harlan you got anything else you want to add if not we'll
2: move
4: on to jimmy james
2: or should i say man i i'm not sure but either way yes good good
4: well you know all I, else i really had to say was you know come on down to uncle don's cabin where the black and brown unemployment is always low you know, and on it's a proven fact so and, he'll, and him and every surrogate on the Team Trump will tell you that at nauseum every time that they have the opportunity. So I thought I would help him out, too, because everybody thinks that I'm totally against Trump. I've got a lot of criticism, but, you know, he some things really isn't his fault, which that is the truth. And, you know, some things, you know, it's gospel and fact because it was handed down from Orange Jesus when he was on the Temple Mount of the Federal Reserve.
2: Gotcha. All righty. So we'll put Harlan on hold, and uh, I gotta say I'm I'm remarkably refreshed from this uh, uh, discussion. So who's next, BP?
3: Oh, let's go to Jimmy. You got Jimmy, it. What's your, uh, your your closing thoughts for the week?
2: I think. Okay, there you go. You're unmuted, Jimmy.
6: Uh, all right. Uh. Let's see. As far as the, nah, I ain't gonna get into the gas. You guys and your gas, huh?
2: Jimmy James, do you want to admit? Do you want to admit that you have a that you have a? Uh, do you want to admit that, that today you, you you are approaching ideas in your mind where you have some sort of a fetish with. Uh, with old Joe there, and you actually want to meet him in person because you're you're very much interested in learning from his uh, his his great wisdom.
6: Uh, I think he would be a horrible person to learn from. When you when you have twenty some odd bank accounts, fake companies, and all this crap that leads right to your door, you're not all that good.
2: So you wouldn't do lunch with him? Uh, You wouldn't wouldn't even do lunch with him? Really? Uh, You wouldn't even do lunch with him? Heck no. Okay, I was just checking. No way. No problem. Hey, your prerogative, it's a free country last I checked. Go ahead.
6: And speaking of mighty Joe, be looking out this week as it will be exposed the Biden's hidden offshore bank accounts. Mm. I would also assume that the impeachment inquiry will begin by the end of the week.
2: By the end of the week. And
6: I would also assume that Trump's attorneys will be applying uh, to the Supreme Court for some immediate relief, and some of these clear, politically motivated de- Democrat, Soros appointed DAs attacking him. You got Jack the Ripper Smith up there, who himself, by his own, uh, opened himself up to him being in, uh, indicted, interestingly. If one reads his little 45-page, talk about sparse pages of nothingness, mm-hmm. he actually is so stupid, he opened himself up for indictment, if you, uh, those you anyone wants to read that thing. Really? Anyways, okay. just watch this week. It'll be very eventful. Uh, I hope we're on the verge of a civil war in this country. This is reality. It's happening. I hope people wake up and start calling black, black, white, white, blue, blue, and get back to reality and back to uh, enforcing laws and uh, remembering what society is and is not supposed to be. And everyone have a good weekend. God bless. Bye
2: all right there you have it from jimmy james and uh you know i'm almost surprised we haven't already seen the indictment uh you know inquiry started uh, unless it's been started behind closed doors and i just haven't seen it yet i'm sure a lot of that paperwork is already filled out you know to be honest with you but B. Pete, i think that just leaves us with vance right
3: yes it does um uh, vance how would you like to
5: close out the week for us well, I I guess first of all I have to admit uh, I I do have Indian uh background my grandmother's father was half Cherokee and I know that for a fact so you know I don't need a DNA test There you go. And half German and and uh uh, uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, Pete, you know, having black ancestry, uh, uh, and we've gotten a little looser with the with the uh, uh, content lately. So, it, would it be uh, would I be censored if I was to use the n word?
2: Uh, no, no, not actually,
5: because <laughs> uh, I, 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 I can make the same point without. But but I this is something that I've said to several. Black people that I know, not in particular, but, you know, I I wouldn't be afraid to say it, but but, uh, nowadays you don't got to be black to be a slave anymore.
6: Mm That's true.
5: We'll just put it that way. (laughs) So, you know, and that's what, you know, people need to figure out that, you know, this is just a wage. We're just wage slaves for the system that whether you want to call it fascism or socialism or, you know, however, whatever kind of little finite, you know, words you want to put on it. You know, you have we have to understand that. and, And otherwise, then we're just slaves to it because nothing's going to change how long we've been voting you know and, and nothing's gotten better in a lifetime because of voting so you know there, there's certain things that have changed things but it didn't have a lot to do with voting when it got down to the tyr- tyrannical part of it and uh, i want to i got this pulled up on my phone for jimmy uh because I usually go for the actual words, not whatever the 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 name of the day, meaning of uh, whatever word is, and uh, I, I have the link on my phone to you know etymology. Let's see, where is it?
2: Yeah, etym- etymology uh, online. Is a, yeah, etymology online is a great yeah. resource. Go, go ahead. Mm-hmm.
5: Fascism, 1922, originally used in English in 1920, and its Italian formed fascismo. See fascist, applied to similar groups in Germany from 1923. Applied to everyone it's the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then there are Oh, Vance! You, Vance!
2: You, Vance! You broke up. You broke up there. Try try again, real quick
5: okay and, and where did i break up it, it, it applied to everyone since the internet
2: that was the last thing i heard clear yeah
5: okay and then from there you know you're supposed to go to the fascism uh, uh, fascist uh, uh page get the rest of the day. Here's a quote from a guy named Robert O. Paxton that wrote a book called The Anatomy of Fascism in 2004. It says a form of political behavior marked by obsessive preoccupation with community decline, humiliation or victimhood, and by compensatory cults of unity, energy and purity. In which, uh, let me back up and read that. I, I forgot to breathe. when me get drink. Okay a form of political behavior marked by obsessive preoccupation with community decline, humiliation, or victimhood, and by compensatory cults of unity, energy, and purity, in which a mass-based party of committed nationalist militants working in uneasy but effective collaboration with traditional elites, abandons democratic liberties and pursues with redemptive violence and without ethical or legal restraints, goals of internal cleansing and external expansion. So you know that's pretty much what's been going on for a long time, in in one form or another, and and uh, so you know I, I, I'll be glad to debate Jimmy, you know, on the details of you know what applies as fascism or doesn't fascism, but the the uh, fascist, the the, the fascists definition is fascist groups of men organized for political purposes had been a feature of Sicily since 1895 in the 20th century. Totalitarian since totalitarian public from yes, but was influenced by the historical Roman fasces which became a party symbol as a noun from 1922 in English, earlier in the Italian, plural fascist. In its L 23 in English, it often appeared in its Italian form as Italian. Now, I think it might just be a coincidence that on all of our public buildings there are fascies, there are symbols of fascism on on, on all the public buildings. And Abraham Lincoln's got his hands resting on two of them, you know. So, i I'll, I'll just end it right there.
2: Well there you have it and uh look uh, there, there there's a lot to be said about the etymology of all these words and how they've changed over time and if you think really carefully about that definition it could be applied to a lot of uh a lot of interesting circumstances we see emerging uh and uh some people do misapply it they do. If you listen to a lot of people who use the word fascism and then take a listen to who it is they're pointing it at, there's a lot of missing elements there that seem to go along with the definition quite often. And I'm not pointing specific sticks at the moment because we don't have any more time. BP, that Pete, uh, that seems to conclude everybody's uh, say for the week. So it's uh, it's on you to close it out. Well, um,
3: I'd just like to say thanks for another opportunity for another week. I'm glad everybody that uh, could join us, those that called in. Thank you. Uh, you guys really helped make this show. Other than that, I just tell people to go to Ocelli.com, hit the donate button. Every little bit helps. Um, you got to pay the bills, got to get stuff in the mail. So do what you can. May not be much, but it all adds up.
2: Certainly Other does. than
3: that, uh, forward to next week. And... Uh, I'll give it back to you, Chuck.
2: There you go. It certainly does help, and it looks like I got two packages back that were partially destroyed, but I'm going to resend them. And anybody else out there who hasn't gotten their swag bag yet, send me a message. Let me know in case something is lost in the mail. I think I know where these two go, but we'll figure it all out as it happens. And... You can get uh, new smaller stuff if you want. That's out there. If you take a look at the little things I put out on social media, you'll see it. But uh, still doing the uh, any hat that you want from one of the shows. At a $50 level, you get to pick your hat and you get random other swag. Guaranteed, it, it should get you more than your money's worth If uh, and if not, let me know and we'll fix that too anyways, I'm merely Ocelli all of you are indeed the effect and uh, could use a little help do appreciate all of you have a good night